Please welcome Dr. List. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you, Pastor Bruce, for inviting us. And uh, being in the house of the Lord is so exciting. I was just re, uh, reminiscing as we were singing in the Holy Spirit about uh, 12 months ago. I was in uh, Pyongyang, North Korea, and uh, invited to speak at the university there in the capital. And uh, so amazing how God has his people planted all over the globe. And... Uh, it was called Push University, Pyongyang University of Science and Technology. And um, <clears throat> I was invited by the university to, to uh, lecture there for about eight days. And uh, it's amazing uh, the, the oppression of the spirit of that country. Uh, everything is monitored. Every conversation you have with anybody is monitored in your room or cameras. Uh, listening devices, making sure that you say nothing about the government or the ruler, uh, and so on. <clears throat> but um, Brother Day Young Kim and I, uh, we found an outlet. And uh, what that outlet was, we began to walk around the campus praying in the Holy Spirit and singing in the Spirit. And we just went around and around. And I know we were talking to each other that how it would drive the intelligence gathering center in the center of the, of the university campus wild because they had never heard this language before. And so it was going, I'm sure it was going right into there. There's a four-story building with all the listening devices and tracking devices and everything in it. And so we would just at night on my bed, I would just lay there and just pray in the Holy Spirit. So we knew that God was planting uh, his word, his spirit, in the soil of that country. It was so amazing as I would get up every morning and look out my window and, and begin to and pray. And there were these three great granite rocks. And I asked the president of the university, I said, what are those rocks out there? And he told me how that years ago uh, <clears throat> that he had gone to North Korea, and then finally he started a university in in in, Be in Beijing, and uh, he went and and started uh, taking medical supplies to North Korea. And while he was doing that, he was arrested, thrown in labor camp, and uh, threat and and he was uh, also scheduled to be executed. And uh, the day before his execution, he told me, he said, I wrote a letter saying, I forgive my executioners, I forgive the North Korean government, and uh, I love North Korea, and I'm going to dedicate my body to science, and I want it buried in North Korea. That's how much I love you. And one day before his execution, it went to the president of North Korea, and he stayed the execution. Went back to China, Beijing, and uh, after a few months, his health recovered, and uh, they sent a delegation from the government of North Korea, saying, would you please come and start a university in the capital? And he said, no, I won't do it. Six months later, they sent some military uh, generals to him in, in uh, Beijing, and uh, he, uh, they begged him. They said, if you don't come, then <coughs> we will be executed. 
because we were given this task. The reason I'm telling the story is how God works. And so he said, three conditions, I'll come. If you build the university, you pay for it. Number two, I select the site where it's going to be built. Number three, I choose all the professors, even though they're outside the country. And they, and they agreed to it. And what was so amazing was he was telling me the story of those three granite rocks in the ground. And he said, as, the, as I worked at all the sites around it, they had selected, none of them registered my spirit. I don't know if you know it, but you've got a barometer inside of you, the Holy Spirit, that will give you witness to the things of God. And that which is the purpose of God, the plan of God. And when you come in contact with that, there's an unction of the Holy Spirit. Just like when I stepped into Halifax, into Nova Scotia, I felt the wind of the Holy Spirit saying, I'm here. There's a wind that's blowing of the move of the Holy Spirit across Nova Scotia. And many countries have gone into, God has given a revelation of these things, and I've seen them come to pass. So I want you to know you're on the brink of an outburst of the Holy Spirit that's already saturating the land. The prayers of the saints have gone up and the bowl of heaven is full of your prophetic words and supplication before God for the move of the Holy Spirit over Nova Scotia. It's overflowing right now. God has given me great insight into these things in other nations and this is one of the things that at that university, he said, I went over the property and looked and nothing gelled in my spirit. Nothing coincided with the spirit of, inside of me. And he said, I told them, listen, let me go and look myself. And he said, I, I had a car that was driving me around. I came to a spot and I stood there and I began to weep. And they said, I knew this was the place of the new university. And he said, they built the university. As they were excavating the land to lay foundations for buildings, they, the bulldoze unearthed a, a bell and, and, and a skeleton remains. And he said they stopped the construction. And he said we began to look at it and find out what happened. Those were the remains of a missionary his name is Thomas. I'm reading the book of his life right now. I have it with me. It's amazing. At the turn of the century, he went there as a missionary, and he was beheaded by the ruler of that territory. And when he was being beheaded, he held a Bible in both hands, and he said in their language, read the word of God. And he fell to the ground, beheaded. They buried him. The ruler of that territory mocked the Bible. And he said, this is only good for wallpaper. And they tore the pages out and glued it to the wall of that missionary's hut. But during the night, believers came with candles and wrote down all those scriptures that were plastered on the wall. And they circulated it among each other. That man's blood was spilt, that missionary. But the blood cried out from the grave. 
And I want you to know that's where that university is. And guess what? All the professors, I was there. I prayed with them. I talked with them. I walked with them. All those professors are born-again underground missionaries from Canada, from Europe, from Asia, from all around the world, right there in the heart where the government of North Korea is. And they are praying, seeking God, men and women of God. I want you to know, God has a plan far greater than the powers of darkness. Hallelujah. It is so exciting to be in your country and to be in this territory because over the months and the years, much prophecy has gone forth over this territory. So you're literally living and walking in the prophetic utterance of God. There's a shift coming. A shift in your territory. And it's a God shift. Praise the Lord. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad to see all of you and also the, uh, the people. Who's from the Philippines here? Uh, look at them all. I just got back from Talak in the Philippines. Anybody from Talak? Wow, I was so excited. A friend of mine, Frank Santos. Pastor Baptist got baptized in the Holy Spirit. His church is running about a hundred. All of a sudden it exploded and he was having seven services on Sunday morning, on Sunday to accommodate the crowd. <laughs> and I mean, he said, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Baptist wanted to kick me out. He said, but our church is growing so fast. They said, no, we better leave him alone because his church is bigger than any church we've got. And I was there just a, just a few, couple of weeks ago. And I want you to know God is moving. And, and uh, they, they have just bought, built a facility. Their congregation seats 4,000 4, people. They have a Friday night, 3,000 young people come to it. They're moving in the gifts of the Spirit. And he said, Pastor, I want to tell you something. He said, we needed to build, but we didn't have the money to build. And we took what we had in our treasury in the building fund. And the Holy Spirit said, give it away to struggling churches in the city of Tullock. And he said, the Lord told him, not one dime or one dollar is going to be coming from outside the country. He said, I'm the same God that works in Canada, U.S., all over the world. And is, I'm going to do marvelous things in your midst. And he said, Brother Stephen, he said, God began to bless. I want you to know, I was in that, in that building. It cost four and a half million dollars. Not one dime do they owe on it. God just started bringing it from all over the Philippines. Supernaturally. I want you to know what God is going to do in your midst is supernatural. Don't try to think man's going to create it. Man's going to put it together. It's going to be an outcrop of the Holy Spirit that's going to sweep across the land. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling something in this place. Glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Perk up your ears spiritually. Hear the prophetic words over the land. Hear the wind of the Holy Spirit speaking to this wonderful province. 
For the Lord has placed his foot in this territory. He's claimed it as his own. The move of God that God is showing me is going to sweep across your province and it's going to go from village to town to cities all the way across and it's going to reach out into the other parts of Canada and to the U.S. So get ready for it. Praise the Lord. It's going to be something that you never even imagined. When they gathered in the upper room, they didn't know what to expect. None of them had been filled with the Holy Spirit. None of them had ever imagined the encountering of a sound of a mighty rushing wind. None of them even had heard of it. So what I'm saying and what's about to happen in your midst and in your cities and in your towns is something you've never had experienced before. It's going to be glorious. Conviction is going to fall. You're going to find people repenting by the power of the Holy Spirit sitting in their cars, in your homes. The glory of the Lord just falling out upon that household of yours. Oh, praise the Lord. I see it in the Spirit. Hallelujah. God has allowed me to, to, to walk in and to be a part of a whole nation repenting and turning to God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I've seen places where the glory of the Lord has come down and just taken over the whole place. Traffic stopped. I was in Bogota, Colombia, and the glory of the Lord was in this church. And out of the ceiling came a ball of fire. It was red, orange, and yellow, and white. And it exploded in the, in the sanctuary. The people in the sanctuary were slain by the power of God. I mean, I, when I came to, I was carrying the Colombian flag at the entrance of the church. I was on the platform. My interpreter, he was thrown back against the wall. The glory of the Lord. People were getting healed, filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were dancing in the Spirit of the Lord, and God began to move at the entrance of the church. It was big sliding glass, big doors rather, and it went right onto the pavement the sidewalk and then there was the street there were cars blocked people were sitting on the hoods of their car people were standing by the automobiles with their hands raised praising God the traffic was stopped by the glory of God praise the Lord hallelujah watch out in your parking lots hallelujah you're going to have a few drunk people out there in the spirit Put on your garment of praise. Put on the garment of praise. Praise is the antidote for the attack of Satan against you. You burst into praise. Paul and Silas knew about that. In your greatest moment of despair, you just start lifting your voice. And it may be hard for a moment. <laughs> you might you might be struggling, but it doesn't matter. You begin to switch into that gear of praise unto the Lord and watch the enemy retreat from you and run like crazy. 
Why? Because it reminds them of the, what they had in glory, where they fell. Praise is your secret. I don't know about you, but I, I hope and pray that you start putting on that garment of praise. You know, the scripture says, put on the garment of praise. That was literal. A friend of mine, a rabbi, Emmanuel Eliad, and I was talking in Tiberias. And he said, I said, to, I said, Rabbi, what is that garment of praise that we that's in, the, in our Bible? He said, oh, you don't know about that. I said, not really. He said every family, Jewish family, had a garment of praise hanging at the door, uh, entrance of the house. And when a great ruler was coming into the city, conquering, or a great leader was coming in, the trumpets would blast and the, the people would yell forth that the king has entered the gates. And he said they would run, the women would run and grab that garment of praise like a cloak and they'd tie it on themselves, and then they would run to where the emperor was riding into the city. And they would dance and worship with that cloak of praise, and then they would take it off and lay it in the way so the emperor, uh, the king, could ride over it. That's what happened with Jesus when he entered Jerusalem. It says they took their garments and laid them in the way. Those garments were garments of praise. So every one of you have a garment of praise that God has given you when you accepted Jesus Christ. You became children of the Most High God. And part of your walk with Him is praise. And I'm seeing you coming to the house of the Lord, already praising Him before you get out of your car. You hear what I'm talking about? Put in a tape, put in a CD, put in, turn that channel on and begin to worship the Lord for he inhabits the praises of his people. You were here not by mistake tonight. You were here accompanied by the heavenly host for his angels are encamped around about them that serve him. Praise the Lord. They hear. Your protection, your guidance, God's presence is ushered in with praise. I thank God for you. There's awakening, a shaking. When the Spirit of God comes, there is also repentance. A number of years ago, I was privileged to enter into a revival, a move of the Holy Spirit in Louisiana, Morgan City, Louisiana. The pastor called me and said, Brother Steve, will you come down and see what God is doing and evaluate and tell are we on the right track? I said, what do you mean on the right track? This is the full gospel church. He said, the young people came one night and they said, Pastor, we want to pray in the church. He said, well, Friday night we have our prayer meeting. This was the Wednesday. They said, we understand that. But God is saying that we are, to, we are to, young people, we are to pray, teenagers. And so he said, when he got to the church, the church was already open. And there were all these teenagers on their face at the altar before God. I want you to know there's going to be a breath of God's wind blowing on our young people in Nova Scotia. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's going to awaken them. 
And I don't cross them out. I tell you, the move of God, this wave that is coming of God's Spirit, we're going to stand shoulder to shoulder with Grandma and the teenagers and all walks of, of age together moving forward into this dimension of God's move of His Spirit. So it, don't, don't give up. If you're retired, you haven't retired from the anointing. Don't kind of shift it off to say, well, that's a younger generation is going to walk with this. No. He, for, in, in the book of Acts, it said, he poured out his spirit upon all flesh. And then in, in the book of, it talks of the book of Joel. All of us. The move of the Holy Spirit is generational. So watch out for even the little children. Don't ignore those little kids. I'm from New Zealand, and my father was anointed by, he prayed over and, and prophetically spoken by Smith Wigglesworth when he was just dating my mother. And he said, you're going to go to Africa as missionaries when you get married. You're going to have children, and they're going to become missionaries, and they'll carry the gospel around the world, and their children will also do the same. It actually has happened. Our grandchildren, our children, are now in many countries around the world. The Word of God will pull you towards its fulfillment. Do you remember what said to Jeremiah? Jeremiah, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I knew you. My friends, you're more than who you think you are. You have been chosen of God. You've been called of him. You're here not by mistake. You're here by the divine purpose of God. You could have been born hundreds of years ago. No, but this is the hour. And he's saying, rise up and take full responsibility of that moment that God has placed you in. And move forward in the glory of God. Don't shirk it off to another generation. Walk shoulder to shoulder. Says, young men, young women shall see visions. The old men shall dream dreams. I love that part. Because when the young people said, I had this vision, the older ones say, yeah, I had a dream about that. Coinciding dreams and visions all birthed by the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Some of you have already had these visions and dreams. And the wind of God is blowing upon your community and upon you and is coming forth in glorious fashion. Watches begin to happen. The earth is rumbling beneath your feet of the presence of the Lord. I remember when I went into that, the, I was there, that church in Louisiana, the glory of the Lord fell out. And you know what? The glory of God went into the school system, the high schools and the, the, the middle schools and all of that. The principal called where I was staying and he asked the pastor as well. He said, please come and tell us what is going on. The students are weeping in their classrooms. The teachers can't teach and they're asking for forgiveness of one another and saying I'm sorry I said these words against you and they were repenting he said I don't know what's going on but the hallways aligned with students laying on their backs worshiping the Lord Jesus can you tell us what is this and we said this is that which is spoken of by the prophet Joel 
He would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. He didn't say when it would stop. He's still doing it around the world. Praise the Lord. I want you to know the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is alive and well and healthy as it's ever been or more so. Muslims are getting born again with dreams and visions. I have—I don't have time to tell all the testimonies that I walked face to face with these Muslims and they told me how Jesus appeared to them right at their bed. I want you to know in Indonesia and other countries, even Saudi Arabia, there are underground Christians that go into the mosque. They were once Muslims, Pastor, and they're going in and they pray with the other Muslims, but they're not praying to Allah. They're bowing on their face and they're saying, Lord Jesus, move in this nation, move in this mosque. And souls are getting saved. Oh, praise the Lord. They call themselves underground Muslims, born again. I've run into them. I've run into them and talked with them. It is exciting. Glory to God. These are the most exciting times. 30% of Indonesia right now, with the most Muslim country in the world, are born again. There's a move of God going on in Indonesia. South Korea, 38 to 40 percent Christians filled with the Spirit in that nation. I go into South Korea. Oh, praise the Lord. The Presbyterian, the Episcopalians are standing and praising the Lord in the Holy Spirit. The gifts are operating all over the place. Friends, they have more missionaries around the world right now than any country in the world. South Korea has. The last time I was there, last year, in the newspaper, there were complaints, Pastor. You know what the complaint was? Complaint? We can't sleep because people are praying so loud in the, in the hills around Seoul. It's keeping a lot of people awake at night. Yes, they have buses, prayer buses. You know what a prayer bus is? Full of young people with the windows down, driving around the city, praying over every house they can see, every high-rise apartment, over every building. They call them prayer buses. What an idea. Hallelujah. You ready to do it here? Drive up and down. Start praying. Start moving by the Holy Spirit. Seeing God move in these nations. And I remember in that church there in Louisiana, you would try to stand to preach and you couldn't even speak. You couldn't open your mouth. The glory would fall and people were getting saved and they would run to the front confessing their sins and accepting Jesus Christ. No one was trying to preach them a sermon. It was the glory of the Lord that came down. Predominantly Catholic area. It was, it was amazing. In the parking lot, the Holy Ghost fell. People would be laying, sitting in their car just praising the Lord. <laughs> 
I told her this morning, we went to restaurants one Sunday morning and we went to have a bite to eat and we couldn't even eat because the waitress fell on their knees and they would say, I need Jesus. The manager would come up and say, are they hurting you? No, man. No, no, sir. No, sir. This is the God sent for me. I mean, the restaurant was full of so much of the church people, but we, they weren't eating. They were just sitting there glorifying the Lord in the restaurant. And when they got in their cars, that was pitiful because they were so anointed of the Holy Spirit. They, they, they were dangerous trying to drive. So we called for the elders and the deacons to come and chauffeur the church, them home. With the glory of God. And I told her this morning, one lady, elderly lady, she got pulled over in downtown Morgan City. And I'll never forget, she was, a, she'd just come from the church and the cop pulled her over and he said, ma'am, have you been drinking? And she said, uh huh. <laughs> he said, you're going mighty slow. So I just come from that church down the road. And he was so cordial. She said, he, he decided, well, ma'am, I'm going to watch you. And he reached out and touched her on the shoulder. And that was it. <laughs> the anointing from her flowed through him. He fell on the ground outside her car. And he was leaning up against her door. And his feet were straight out. And he was saying, whew, whew, whew. He couldn't move. Until one of his, another police car came up and had to pick him up and take him to the police station so he could recuperate. Athos was in the city of Morgan City, Louisiana. I went to the airport after fly home to Seattle and we got to the airport and I stood there in that airport and I was going to, to, to give the lady my ticket and I had it in my hand and I looked at the lady and, and I couldn't speak. And she looked at me and I just felt the, the blanket of the Holy Spirit on me. And I stood there frozen and the people behind me. And she said, sir, where are you going? I couldn't say. I knew it, but I couldn't express it. The Holy Spirit arrested me. And finally she said, sir, will you step aside and let these others check in? When I stepped aside, there is, is, is my friend, the pastor, Tommy Fromenthal, going, yeah. Because he wanted me to stay, but didn't want to tell me. I got in the car. We went to a Denny's restaurant. And we're sitting at the table. And a lady comes up, a waitress, and she starts crying. She says, I don't know who you men are, but will you pray for me? And Tommy said, do you know Jesus? She said, no. He said, well, you can know him now. That lady, in a matter of a minute or two, became born again. And the smile came on her face. She was transformed by the power of God. I want you to know, watch out. The Holy Spirit is contagious. Like a virus. That move of God is going to go through your workplace. It's going to go through your schools. It's going to go through your communities. Get ready. It's right here, ready to break forth in the glory of God. I remember when we walked out of that restaurant, and I, we got in the car, and I tell you, there was a praise tape on in that vehicle. And Pastor Tommy was driving, and it was the most pathetic driving. Because we had 60 miles, I don't know how many kilometers that is, 
maybe a hundred kilometers. It took us six hours. Because <laughs> every time we would just say Jesus, he would go down about five or ten miles an hour. We had to pull off the highway and run along the, the side of the road. And he would say, shh, shh. So we would stop talking, and all of a sudden, he'd speed up. And then all of a sudden, he'd say, Jesus. And that was it. The name of Jesus. The presence of God arrested us by the power and the might of his glory. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to know there's coming that baptism in your area and over this province of the mightiness of the Spirit of God. It is not just me, but the prophets have spoken of outside your country, in your country, and it's coming to pass. Praise the Lord. There's a new awakening, a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Get ready. Get ready to be used of God. And you that are thinking of retiring, forget it. God's going to realign you. You're going to see grandmas dancing in the spirit. You're going to see grandpas proclaiming the word of the Lord and singing the praises of God. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to know God's no respecter of person. You think Elijah, the prophet, retired from his calling? No. Even in the fiery chariot, you read it. He was going up to his reward in the heavens. And he decided he was going to minister. And he took off that mantle of his and he cast it out of that chariot. And it went floating through the air, anointed with anointing that he walked in. And as it hit the ground, the prophet Elisha picked it up. And there was a transference of that anointing. You're going to see transference of the anointing from the house of God into the community. From you into your children and your children's children. As many as the Lord God God calls oh praise the Lord get ready get ready it's not about how spiritual you are or how glorious you are it's all about Jesus it's all about him oh praise the Lord I don't know I, I, I sometimes I just get consumed by him because you know what happened? I grew up in New Zealand. I was born in 1941 in a church that Smith's Wigglesworth started through a prayer meeting. And I remember as a little kid sitting on the second row. And, I, and, and, and I, I loved it when the Spirit of God began to move and people got healed and people got set free. People got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you one thing. They had church for five years. Every night for five years, the Spirit of God was being poured out. And then we'd creep under the front pew and watch people being healed. That was our thrill. We'd take a nap in the afternoon after school. And mom said, get ready. We're going to the house of the Lord. <laughs> All four of, our ki of us kids growing up got filled with the Holy Spirit by the age of five. It was just automatic. If you wanted Jesus, you wanted all of him. 
And when you started praising him, you, you asked for all of his praise, all of his glory. And that's all we knew, kids growing up. Don't underestimate what your children are able to receive. And many people say, oh, they're too young. No, they're not too young. You, you, they will prophesy. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. The glory of the Lord is not restricted to age. So get ready. Get your walker ready. Get your wheelchair ready. Get your cane ready. God wants to use you. You hear what I'm talking about? I saw it just a few months ago. I called a congregation. I said, I want all those retired and above to stand. God wants to, to re-anoint you from all those years. There's a shaking going on. I mean, about a third of the congregation stood up and they came down in their wheelchairs, walkers. All of a sudden, the young people from, from teenager all the way into their 40s jumped out of their seats, ran down. And here are all the grandmas and grandpas and they reached out their hand and they began to lay hands on people. People were being baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were being healed. They were being set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. I saw a man in a wheelchair and he was just trucking down the aisle. And I I mean, he was laying hands on everybody in the aisle. And I mean, the glory of the Lord fell out. I saw a, a grandmother with a walker. She said, watch out. You need prayer. And I mean, she was moving that walker around and people were being healed and set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. As long as his breath in your body, he can still move through you. So get ready. Don't retreat. <laughs> oh, glory. Hallelujah. The better days are ahead of you. My grandkids said, Grandpa, wh wh what's your vision? What are your plans? I said, you want to hear a five-year plan or a 25-year plan? 77 now. I said, I want to tell you one thing. When I see Jesus, I'm going to be jumping up and down. I'm so excited because we get transcend from one realm of glory into another. Oh, hallelujah. God is alive and moving by his spirit all over the earth. I don't know about you, but I wish you could see God has thrust us into over 80 nations around the world. And when God gave me that challenge... Almost 40 years ago, when the Lord said, I've given you the nation, Stephen, for an inheritance. I had just resigned my church after pastoring that church that I love and enjoyed. I mean, it was the utopia pastor of pastoring. We took up the budget for the whole year's budget in one offering. In January, the first Sunday, it was a, it was a custom. They would take up one offering, and that would cover the whole budget, hundreds of thousands. And I said, dear Lord, what am I pastoring here? You hear what I'm talking about? It was a God thing. And we'd take every offering that came in on the rest of the year for evangelism and world missions. You're going to see a transformation in the financial realm that is that you've been walking under a burden and a stress. God's going to turn it into glorious testimony. And almost 40 years ago, when God said to me, Stephen, I've given you the world for an inheritance. I laughed. 
because <laughs> God and I know each other pretty well. And I said to him, God, have you looked at my bank account? As though that was going to impress him. Because what God calls you to do, he will provide. And I want you to know, God has supplied over 80 nations traveling month after month, year after year, ministering in these nations. And God has underwritten every penny for his glory. I can glory in none other than him. You hear what I'm talking about? I don't know, my time is running out. (laughs) You ever get challenged by God when you have a need? That out of your need to give? Yeah, you know, God challenges preachers as well. I remember I I was scheduled to do a conference in three countries. Three countries are Rwanda, Uganda, and Kenya. And then I was to go from Nairobi, Kenya, to fly into Moscow, do a conference in Moscow. And then I was to go into Beijing, China. And I said to the travel agency, I said, can you book all these flights? And it booked up these flights. My wife was going half of the way around the world with me. And what was amazing, someone gave her the money for her fare, and I didn't have it. And she would rib me, you know, like, huh, I may be going in your place. I know it's got your name on the, on, on, on the publicity, but you, she said, honey, I may be the one that's going to be doing the speaking. And I said, oh, he said, well, okay. She said, you may be sitting home. You're taking care of the dog. I said, I mean, you know, it, got, it really got into under my skin. And I'll never forget I was in a service, and a brother came up to me, and he says, Brother Steve, he said, I want to help you because I didn't publicize it. Whatever you're going into, he gave me a nice crisp $100 bill. I need over $4,900, I think it was. And the travel agent said, you've got four days to, to break it, the money in. I don't know why I had a stupid idea that, well, I've got at least $100. And my wife, she said, she said well, how much you guys had 100 And she grinned. That was on a Sunday, actually. I went to the same church on a Wednesday night, and there was an invited guest speaker, and then there was a a, a pastor's coming together. And the Holy Spirit can speak so strange. You know what I'm talking about, Pastor Bruce? The Holy Spirit said to me, Stephen, give that pastor sitting next to you that $100. And immediately my brain went, wait a minute. He passes the church of 1500. You see the car that he's driving? And I said, Lord, that can't be possible. Find somebody else. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit said, give it to him. Well, during the, during the, this was during the offering time. 
during the prayer. While they're saying the blessing over the offering, I was folding that hundred dollars into a little square. <laughs> and I said, George, here. Because we, we, we knew each other well. And he says, what? I mean, this is during the offering. He unfolds it. He said, oh, praise the Lord. I can take my wife out for a nice steak dinner. I said, Lord, you blew it. God, you blew it. At least somebody that had a need. Not for a steak dinner for a man's wife. God, there's greater things. So I kind of hung my head. That next day, my uh, travel agency called and said, you've got three days to get the money in. So I'm, 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 I'm fasting this now. I mean, you know, breakfast, that was my fast. And when it gets desperate, you go to lunch. You know what I'm talking about? And then when it gets really desperate, you go to dinner as well. And I was right between lunch and dinner. I mean, I was, you know, I was saying, I'm going to sacrifice for something to happen. And I never forget, I get a call from, from British Columbia, uh, uh, from Langley, and uh, a friend of mine, a Mennonite brother, called me, and he has a big company, lumber company, and he called me and said, Steve, can you come up? He said, I want us to go out to lunch. I said, well, uh, you know, because I didn't have much money right then. I thought, well, he said, come on. He said, I'll make it worth your while. You know, I'll fill up your tank with gas. And I didn't tell him. The, and I, and it's amazing. On the way I'm driving up there, oh, Holy Spirit, God, you got to just, you know, let him know my need. Because he's in the millions. Am I talking to somebody here? And then finally I said, Lord, I just abandoned my ways. It's yours. So I go into his office and he has me pray over the business and pray over the, the lumber yard and the employees. And, and then he said, let's go to lunch. And so I went to lunch and, and, and he asked me to pray over the food. And, and, and one side of my brain was saying, hmm, bless the food, but Lord, bless you my trip. You know what I'm talking about? Lord, bless my trip. Uh, he may ask about it. But you know, I didn't do it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Levi Giesbrick, he didn't even bring up where I was going, nothing about what I was doing, none of my plans, none of what the Lord was doing out there around the world. I mean, he didn't even bring a thing up. And, and I'm sitting there eating my lunch uh, with him, and I'm saying, Holy Spirit, say something. But nothing he said, well, I need to get back to the office. So I drove him back to his office. And he says, I want you to bless my, uh, my office. So I prayed over his office. And, 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 you know, my need was still great. It was still there. And all of a sudden, he said, well, I'll see you later, Steve. And I'm walking out of that complex. And he was telling me how he had a big deal of millions of dollars. And I said, oh, Lord. I was in the flesh. You know what I'm saying? And I get in the car, and my phone rings. The travel agent says, we've got to have the money tomorrow, or you're not going. And I had my head down and said, oh, God. And when I did that, I cranked up my car, 
And all of a sudden, as I was going out the gate of his company, I heard somebody yelling, Steve, Steve, wait, 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 wait. And it was him. He ran up and I rolled my window and he threw an envelope in there. And he said, oh, I forgot. He said, last week God told me that you had a need coming up. And I was so religious, I didn't want to open it right there, you know, in front of him. So I thanked him, and I drove out the gate, and I couldn't wait to open that envelope to see what was in that envelope. You know what I mean? I was like a little kid, and, and I, I pulled over the side of the road, and I opened that envelope, and there was to the very dollar the amount that the travel agency needed to the very dollar. And it wasn't in Canadian. It was in U.S. currency, so I could take it directly and do it exchange due right then. And I mean, I got out of that car and I know the Canadian brothers there in Surrey thought I was crazy, but I was dancing around my car like a little child. And I had my hands in the air shouting glory, 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 glory. And I drove home the happiest man in the world. God was laughing at me. I sent him laughing at me. He said, you, can you trust me now? I want you to know God's going to do some miraculous things in, in your area of faith, developing it into stretching you beyond your, that you think you can take. But he's going to reach you into the dimension of the supernatural. And I have a few minutes and I want to share this with you. God can change a nation. God can change Nova Scotia. God has declared he's outpouring upon this province that's going to sweep across the nation. And for some reason, he's chosen you to be the birthing of it. Your province, your towns, your cities for this great move of God. A good friend of mine, Bob Jones, the prophet that went on home to be with glory, he said to me on the phone, Stephen, something is about to happen in Nova Scotia. He said, God keeps ringing the bell saying, Nova Scotia is going to experience a spiritual awakening like you've never, they've never known before. And he said, I keep hearing that word, the move of God's spirit on the land. He's gone on home with the Lord. But I want you to know one thing. God brought us here to let you know what I heard in Seattle about your province, about your area. God is not going to fail you in what you've been praying and fasting for. God's going to use you in such a capacity beyond your wildest dreams He's going to give you promises of his word. Hang on to them. I had that prophet, Bob Jones. He called me one day and he gave me Isaiah chapter 55, verse 4 and 5. He says, Stephen, the Lord gave this to me to give to you. You will go into a nation that you do not know and you will call that nation to repentance. I've been traveling all over the world. 
But one night, my wife and I were watching television. We saw the overthrow of the government in Fiji, bloodshed, turmoil, hatred, all of that stuff going on in the year 2000. We were watching it. A few days later, there was a knock on the front door about 10.30 at night. And I want you to know, my wife said, you better get up and go and answer. That was in September. You better go up and answer that knock. I got off of the couch and walked to the front door. And as I opened the front door, there were three big men from Fiji. They were pastors. They said, are you Stephen List? I said, yes. Praise the Lord. They began to cry. They walked. My wife said, let him in. They came in. They were shivering, not used to the cold of the, of, of the northwest. And they were crying. I said, why are you here? They said, our nation is in bloodshed and toil. Buildings are being burnt. People are being killed. The government has been overthrown and held hostage by rebel soldiers. And they said, there is hatred going throughout our nation. And said, while we were in prayer, assemblies of God, a Baptist, a Method, I think it was, and a Presbyterian pastor. They said, we were praying in our separate churches in the office. And God gave us your name and your address. Thousands of miles away. I mean, you talk about feeling an invasion of the Holy Spirit. I said, my name? Have you ever heard of me before? No. Have we ever met? No. They said, God gave us your address, and we wrote it down on a piece of paper. And when we met Monday for our regular prayer of pastors, they said, we shared our stories. And so the Holy Spirit told them, get ready, go to America, and bring this man down to the nation of Fiji that's in turmoil because he has a word for the nation. You're talking about being arrested by the Holy Spirit. I stood there with my mouth open. I want you to know, you're on God's radar. You think you can hide from him? You think he doesn't know when you get in that car and go to the grocery store? He knows exactly where you are. Oh, praise the Lord. The other day, my wife went to the, 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 the shopping center and, and she just was paying for a blouse and took the credit card and the credit card in the hand touched the clerk. The clerk fell to the ground and she said, oh, my God, I know what this is. It's been years. And the other clerk came over and says, and the lady was laying on the floor behind the counter, and there are others to be waited on. And, and, and my wife, she said, I, was, I didn't know what to do, either embarrassed or what. But she said, I was standing there, and the other clerk came over and, asked, and touched my hand. She fell. And she said, I wanted to get out of there. And everybody was looking at me like, who are you? And she said, I got in the car, and I was shaking. <laughs> You see, it was God's appointment, God's timing. And those ladies, whenever she goes into Macy's departmental store, they come running after her. I want you to know, you're going to see miraculous things happen by the Spirit of God, supernaturally. 
I said to those pastors, I, we will go. And we flew to, to, to the nation of Fiji where we'd never been before. We got off the plane, went to the capital, and there were soldiers, and there was tenseness, and there were machine guns and everything. And, and on every corner, there were soldiers and blockades. And the Lord said, go to the center of the city and preach the message that out of turmoil, God's going to birth a new nation. God doesn't have to wait till everything is calm and hunky-dory and glorious. He moves in the middle of a storm. He did it on the Sea of Galilee. He decided, Jesus decided to go for a stroll in the storm and he calmed the storm. I want you to know, Canada, you don't have to get everything perfect for God to move. He'll move in the unperfectness. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Because then he gets the glory. He gets the praise. Ready. Get ready, Canada. Get ready, Nova Scotia. You may not have everything in line with your family at home, but that's not going to restrict God moving in your behalf. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's the God that brings calm out of turmoil. Oh, I love it. Hallelujah. The bigger the storm, the more mighty is my Savior. More glorious he is. Many people are saying, well, what about the prime minister? What about parliament? What about that? So what? God is not conditioned on that. God is conditioned on you. As you arise, government will change. As you move in the power of God, government will change. The storm changed at the presence of Jesus. When he stood in that storm and said, peace, be still. It was the storm that changed. Not Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? Get ready, Nova Scotia. <laughs> Your province is going to change in the midst of the Savior and his glory. I preached in that city park and the lights were off and curfew all over the city, everywhere else. But the lights stayed on in that park and a, and, a, and a major came up to my wife and he said, I don't understand it. The curfew is the lights are off, but your husband is still preaching and the lights are still on. What kind of power is that? It went into the newspapers. Supernatural lighting in the city park. The message that God gave us was that out of turmoil, out of fear, out of bloodshed, out of anxiety, out of hate, out of strife, God is going to raise up a new nation that will honor him. Oh, praise the Lord. I preached several times in that city park. Those words went to the ears of the president of the country, Ratu. And I remember we flew home and we arrived home. And about a week later, we got a call from the president. His secretary was on the line and said, it said, said, Dr. List, they said, the president wants to talk to you. And I, and I thought, the president? Yes. And he got on the line and he said, we have had a meeting of parliament and we decided the only hope for Fiji 
is a move of God to bring forgiveness and reconciliation and repentance to our nation. Will you come and lead that? He said, this is a government thing. He said, we will pay all your expenses. We'll pay all the expenses of the stadium, radio and television, your accommodations. And he said, he said, because we feel this is a God moment, a God reconciliation and repentance. The pastors, when I got there, the leaders of denominations got on their knees and I challenged them. I said, when you've been putting each other down, you think it stays in the atmosphere? No, it goes into the soil of this nation. And where there's discord and distrust and, and, and rebellion one against the other, it doesn't stay uh, in the atmosphere. It goes into the soil and it produces fruit. So repent. You had the assemblies repenting to the Methodist. Different denominations crying out for forgiveness. We had a public declaration of repentance. Repentance begins at the house of the Lord. The judgment of God begins there. And I remember the time came as we arrived in, non, in, in, in Fiji from that plane. We were in economy class, but we stepped out of the plane and the, there's an entourage of policemen and, and, and dignitaries and everybody meeting us. And I mean, instead of going through customs, they took us right down the stairway by the, the plane into the limousine. And all of a sudden the sirens started and the flags were flying. And I looked at my wife and I said, do they know who we are? The government ordered a welcoming party. We drove into the capital. I mean, you talk about feeling like royalty. It was just, you know, just a once in a lifetime. But I mean, we felt like, you know, and I looked at my wife. I said, wow, I've never been ushered into a meeting, of a, a church meeting, a, a, a service like this. They took us to the hotel. And then I was called, my wife and I, to have dinner with the president. The stadium was being packed by thousands of people. And he said, pull your chair up close to me at the table. We're having dinner. He said, and he whispered in my ear, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 4 and 5. That's what the prophet gave me seven years before. He said, tonight, call Fiji to repentance and it will come unto you. I'll tell you, you're on the brink of prophetic words that have been spoken. And God's going to thrust you into the place where you have no, as it were, way out, but to walk in and fulfill what God's called you to do. God has a way over the years of, no, of hemming you in. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been hemmed in by the Holy Spirit? <laughs> it means he sets you up. And you walk in not knowing what to do, when to do, how to do it. But he unfolds it the moment you step over the threshold of that divine task that God's given you. Watch out. You're going to be stepping on that threshold into the supernatural and people are going to be healed. People are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. People are going to find Jesus Christ because your obedience are stepping over that threshold. We stood 
and called the nation of Fiji to repentance on radio and television. All the islands had screens and, 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 and they were listening to it. And in one voice they cried out, we repent of our sins. We repent as a nation of all that's been going on. Forgive us. And we led them in that prayer of repentance. And the prime minister stood and he prayed also over the nation. And he said, I'm a sinner standing in the need of a savior. Those on the platform were weeping. The glory of the Lord fell upon that country. And when we walked out of that stadium and went, were driven out of the stadium, people were running along the streets, shouting praises unto the Lord, singing songs unto the Lord, giving God praise. And they were shouting, Fiji for Jesus, Fiji for Jesus, Fiji for Jesus. They were glorifying God and praising God on the buses, in the cars, as they walked the streets. The glory of the Lord was overflowing in that country, all over the capital, from the the capital to every town, every village, God began to do wonders in the nation. It's documented. Rivers that were polluted were cleaned up overnight, supernaturally. Fish that was never in those waters for 50 years came back in abundance overnight, and they were scooping them up in baskets. Bananas, fruit, multiplied in size. I saw it with my own eyes. Overnight, they expanded on the trees. Fruit grew in abundance. The economy turned around. Peace came in the nation. The glory of the Lord was upon Fiji. Fiji was declared a Christian nation because the nation repented before God. I want you to know, my friends, God swept in a new political party formed in a few months and they went into, swept into parliament and they were born again, spirit filled. I was in parliament and I tell you, the minister of education, she's so on fire for God. She, she is just talking about Jesus all the time. Minister of education. All the different departments, all born again Christians. The president of the Senate. Taito, he said, we, and they get down. I've been in there for 15 minutes. They pray at their desk on their knees, praying for God to guide the nation. I want you to know, nothing is impossible with God. If God can turn a nation in a moment... I went into the prison. I'm going to, you want to stand with me? I know it's been a while, but I want you to stand with me because there's an anointing in this place. I went to the prisons. The minister of prison, he's a wonderful Christian. He said, he said, Dr. List, I want you to know one thing. He said, since that repentance, he said, repentance went into the prisons. And the, the prisoners began to weep before God on their knees and repented of their sins and their transgressions. And you come in. So I went on that tour of the prison systems. And as we walked in, they were singing praises unto God from one cell to another. And they were rejoicing in the Lord, being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is still ongoing. 
They said we, they said we don't need correction, uh, sticks or guns because these are the house of the Lord. The man that, that started the coup, George Spate, the president of a bank in, in Fiji, 25 year sentence. Do you know what he did? He got born again. And when you go into the prison, there he is. The main capital prison. He comes at the gate and he'll, the first thing he'll say to you, do you know Jesus? He doesn't have a hair on his head. But man, does he have Jesus all over him? He said, the best thing ever happened to me. He said, when I got arrested and thrown into prison, because then my life began in Jesus. He said, I don't care if I stay 25 years in here. He said, it was the salvation of my life. I want you to know, God can transform every department of your province by the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to step into what God has purposed for your province, for your town, for your home, for your church, for your community? I think you're ready. God doesn't need a printout of all your failures and all your inadequacies. You hear what I'm saying? He's wanting to look for somebody to say, I'm ready. I'm yours, God. It's not about all those things. It's about being available for God. I want you to know, God, if he can change a nation overnight, God can change your province Overnight. And I know I hear the sound of the wind of the change coming of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to step in? Are you ready to be baptized in the glory of the Lord? Hallelujah. Watch out. You're contagious. Watch out. You're standing on prayer right now in this house. Prayer has been offered up all over this building, all over the property. And you're walking on the prayers of those that have, have, have prayed before you. So I pray, Holy Spirit, wind blow. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the anointing to erupt within the hearts and the minds of your people. And in this town and in the city and in their homes, Holy Spirit, blow upon them. That holy wind from heaven. And Father, shake them loose from that which has been holding them in defeat, in sorrow, in mourning, in claiming inabilities to do things. God, I thank you that we can do all things through him who loves us. And Father, we give you praise right now. Father, we thank you for the rain of the Holy Spirit being poured out upon this city, upon their homes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want you to lift your hands towards heaven. I want the musicians to come. Because we're going to have a celebration of prayer. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
Oh, hallelujah. God is bringing transformation to your city.